Welcome to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. What a week last week for Englishman Matt Fitzpatrick, becoming a major champion at the country club Brookline. But, but before we talk about what went on last week, and before we preview this week's tournaments in the DP World Tour in Germany and the PGA Tour, the Travelers Championships, we're going to head over to Big Bro for the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole news. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of Bros and Birdies 19th hole news. And we start this week's news roundup with the sensational, scintillating and resolute performance of Sheffield sharp blade Matthew Thomas Fitzpatrick in winning the US Open. In 2014, at the age of 19, Matt turned pro after playing the US Open, but before that, he won the 2013 US Amateur Championship at a place where greatness would be achieved some nine years later. Yes, you've got it, at the Country Club Brookline, the scene of Sunday's maiden major victory. Matt stared down, will, will it ever be Zalatoris and Scotty Shawthing Scheffler on the back nine in Brookline and the scenes of raw emotion were there for everyone to see as his caddy Billy Nofus Foster finally broke the seal on the majors and nearly 40 years of hurt was swiftly wiped away. His brother and fellow golf professional Alex was supercharged ecstatic and went straight to the magnanimous in defeat Zalatoris to offer his commiserations and then came back into camera view jumping around the green as if he had just been offered a hundred million dollars to join the Live Golf Tour which of course we know he's turned down for now anyway. Matt now jumps to number 10 in the official World Golf Rankings and states that he feels he's better than what he's already achieved. And if that is true, then he's the man to follow amongst this pot of young talent on the world golf scene. In other not-so-significant news on the KFT, the Wichita Open was won in commanding fashion with 23-year-old American Norman Xiong securing a five-shot win on 26 under par at Crestview Country Club. On the LET at Centurion, it was 27-year-old Bronte Law from Stockport, England who gained the win in the Aramco Series event, edging out Georgia Hall with a monster 55-foot eagle putt on the 18th to win the individual title. On the European Challenge Tour in the Czech Republic, it was another Danish delight with 30-year-old Martin Simonsen taking the kitty with a four-shot victory and first Challenge Tour title. And finally, the PGA Tour defectors continue to mount as Brooks Kepka gets all aggravated with the reporter's questions during the US Open by claiming he hasn't even thought about the money on offer. And it's been reported that Abraham Anser has put down the underlay underlay as his signing on fee pays for a new carpet in his San Antonio Mexican themed mansion. And that is your 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole news. And that was your 19th hole news brought to you superbly as always by big bro and here he is again to talk about last week the u.s open and to look ahead for this week's tournament on the dp world over in germany and it's connecticut 
for the travellers. TPC River Highlands. Hello, big bro. Hello, little bro. How are you? You good? Yeah, not bad. You didn't get the hat-trick up this no, week. No, I didn't get the hat-trick. I'm so... Ugh, Fitzpatrick, he was just an obvious pick away from it but no didn't get the hat trick but i will be back this week i'm pretty sure i'll be back like arnie uh, yeah he was he, we did talk about obviously fitzpatrick in the store it's 2013 at you know country club brookline but yeah we we looked past him we didn't think he'd get it done but wow what a performance um, it was a hell of a tournament i must say probably one of my favorite majors for a while a long while, I would agree with you. I mean, just look at that leaderboard at the end. You know, that that's a, a big shake your fist in the air to any any defectors. Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris, Scheffler, Matsuyama, Morikawa, McElroy. Wow. I mean, that is, that's a leaderboard to die for, isn't it, in any tournament? Yeah, you've got to feel, well, do you know, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to say that. Oh, you've got to feel sorry for Will Zalatoris, you know, he's... Everyone's saying he's he's thrown away another major. Now he's in contention. No, I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't say he's thrown away a major. He's put himself again in contention at the difficult tournaments. And hats off to him. You know he's um, he's he's some some golfer. And I'm sure one day he'll get a major because he's been knocking on the door. I don't think there's any question that he will win a major or two along in his career. But you've got to, your point is spot on. It's valid. It's tough to win out there. It's tough to win a PGA tournament or a DP World Tour tournament, but it's tough to win a major. And he's coming close, you know, in, in a lot of the majors. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's not right to say that it's unfair on him. Fitzpatrick won fair and square, played just as good a golf as some of these top players in the world. And he's now ranked 10th himself. So a great performance from the man from Sheffield. Yes, um, and you can um, listen to a song that I have done um, ooh, ooh, in celebration of Matt Fitzpatrick's US Open win. That will be at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned for a song. It's been a while, but we've it's got been a one. while. You're back with a song. I'm back wow. with a song. Yeah, I haven't. I even I haven't heard this, guys. So I'm I'm even looking forward to it. I do like bros songs. Well, you know, the, the lyrics are good. Try to fit them into a popular song and we'll see how we go. But anyway, back to last week. Rory, um, probably Saturday ruined it for him with that 73 on what was a, a tough scoring day. Absolutely ruined it, ruined it for him on the Saturday. Um, you've also got a feel for Morikawa with a 77 on Saturday. You know, he loses by four shots, shoots a 77 on Saturday, 66 on Sunday. I mean, that's that's major golf. Um, it happens. But yeah, Rory's numbers, we look at them sort of mediocre, really, you know, 15 birdies throughout the tournament. He was plus one on par four scoring when and and that's really you know we, we talked didn't we last week about where are you going to win this tournament par fours were a premium you know there was many par fours um at the tournament last week and he was plus two uh plus one sorry across the par fours whereas fitzpatrick was six under on par four performance throughout the tournament four shots better than any of his rivals inside the top 10 of the leaderboard that is phenomenal 
golf on par fours, and that's for me what won it for Fitzpatrick. Obviously, that's a stat. That's a stat. I love that stat. And just while we're mentioning par fours and Matt Fitzpatrick, the fifteenth in the final round on Sunday, drove it to the right, was in the rough, long par four, five hundred and twenty-seven yards, and stuck it to what eighteen feet. I think that was the shot. That was the moment that Matt Fitzpatrick won the US Open trophy. I think it was one of the shots that probably could have won it for him, bro. I think, you know, you can't deny that that shot on 18 from the bunker, which he had to shape, that was scary. I I don't think anybody would be looking forward to that type of shot. But what a connection. You know, superb, little bit of spin out of the bunker. So, yeah, it could be that shot at the par five. It could be the shot at 18. But, you know, to win by one stroke over a absolute stellar field is just a performance and a half. But let's go back to the numbers. As I say, I, I've given you the par four stats. You know, par three, He Fitzpatrick was five over on par threes over the course of the 72 holes. Wow. Um, and Zalatoris was two under. So seven shot swing on par three performance. Uh, but equally on the par fives, of course, there were only two par fives on each of the rounds. So eight par fives played over the course of the tournament. Fitzpatrick five under on par five performance only matched by Keegan Bradley and Scotty Scheffler. So yeah, par par three performance, par four performance was a a shaper there this week. Also look at, you know, I had Chauflet and Cantley tied 14th. So, you know, they eight shots behind Fitzpatrick, Look at par four performance. Chauflet plus four, Cantlay plus six. That's a 10 and 12 shot differential to Fitzpatrick and only losing by eight shots. So, you know, when you, when you get your analysts out and they go back and they look at the numbers and, and where they probably lost the tournament, that's probably where they lost it for me. Sneaky long, Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, on he the, is. On the Thursday and the Saturday... Yeah, Thursday, Saturday, he was averaging 317, 318, which is, you know, you don't really think of Matt Fitzpatrick as a guy averaging the same as, you know, your Brysons or your bigger hitters on the tour. No, absolutely. I mean, you you look at Fitzpatrick at the age of 19, beanpole, absolute beanpole when he won the US Amateur, a bit like my build when I was that age. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think you've been that. I think the last time you were that build is when you were um, you were born. I think that was. Um... No, come on. You, you don't give me any credit. I was that build. But in all seriousness, he's been in the gym. He's been working hard. Billy Foster said he's he's added 20 yards on his driving stats this year. Um, and that is a marked difference, isn't it? So you're absolutely bang on. He can put it a distance and he's you know he's he's a good solid driver as well cam smith disappointing this week everyone's picked to contend at the country club mr cut 72 74 really wasn't in it at all his swing was way off yeah way off alongside many other top players you know if you look at i think i put yeah I, i put a tweet out at the weekend there were only two players that were in the top 10 the the whole tournament um well top 11 really if you count joel damon so joel damon and rory McElroy 
You know, they were the only two players that were in the top 10, top 11 throughout the whole of the tournament. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I, I love looking at the stat angle and kind of who was scoring where. And, you know, again, going back to numbers, Fitzpatrick, 19 birdies throughout the tournament, um, 13 bogeys. So, yeah, it was a quite impressive performance. But a lot, like you say, a lot of top players really not turning up performing. And... I did say earlier on, I don't want to make a big point about anything to do with live golf. And this is the only reference I'm going to make is those players that played in that event on a tied into this series now have performed woefully with the exception of DJ. DJ probably was the best one out of all of them. But you've got to think that all of that is probably weighing on their minds. Um, and that's why they're not performing in these tournaments at the moment. Well, I... I I don't know. I, I I disagree. I think the US Open, the USGA, the setup of Country Club, it was always going to be a true test. Um, and I don't think there was any added pressure from the guys that, you know, whether they're on the Live Tour or as we've just heard, you know, Brooks Kepka joining the Live Tour. I don't think there was much extra pressure put on them. I think there was too much talk about it throughout the whole tournament. But I guess it is the biggest tournament talking point in golf um, since Tiger Woods turned his car over and his return. So, hey, it's it's going to be talked about for a long time. Obviously, with what's come out today, um, PGA Tour, Monaghan, coming out and saying we're going to put out eight extra tournaments to sort of compete with the money um, for the top 50 players and it'll be a no-cut event, all eight of those, um, part of the FedEx series. So, yeah, they've reacted. I don't think the players, I don't think it put too much pressure. I just thought they had a tough week at a tough golf course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And, you know, we can have different views and stuff and we do. And that's what's good about this is, you know, we we have a chance to debate a number of topics. So, yeah, absolutely. What about Billy Foster, though, bro? Um, You know, that relief, that outpouring of relief on the green when Zalatoris missed um, was just... A moment, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, he's he's liked by everybody, isn't he, Billy Foster? You know, he's from the bag of Seve to Lee Westwood now to Matt Fitzpatrick. And and he's, do you remember that, I forget what tournament, I think it might have been the Masters, um, when they had that sort of dialogue between Billy Foster and Matt Fitzpatrick. And mm. basically Billy said, we've chosen, just get on with it. Yeah, and it was that that sort of candid approach, and I think that's what a young person like Matt Fitzpatrick needs. He doesn't need anyone blowing smoke up their arse. And I think Billy Foster is that kind of caddy that has been there, done it, seen it all, and is there to be a solid rock, you know. For and he is, you know, he's come on, he's seen everything in the world of golf, basically, um, and that's what Matt Fitzpatrick needs. And I think Billy is the perfect as it's been proven, perfect fit for it. That's oh, a great connection. It really is. But I think that, yeah, what, what I love the most was that just that, you know, pulling his cap down over his face and, and that moment of kind of, wow, I've finally been able to bag a major and this guy is good and he's, you know, he's kind of done it. But they've they've got a great relationship. It's clear to see. And, and you're right. It's like he just gives it to him direct, doesn't it? That's how it should be. And maybe that's the type of thing that he needs. He's got confidence in abundance, Fitzpatrick, though. 
Well, did he come out and say something like, uh, I, I don't, I don't think I'm better than what I've already achieved. That's a statement and a half. That is a statement of intent. And I think he could rise even further. He's definitely well, let- got the game. Level head and he's turned around and said, look, I don't want to be one of those major winners that then disappears for a while. I mm. think, you know, likes of Danny Willett spring to mind. Um, he says, I want to carry on. I want to progress. I've got the game. Billy said he's got the game. And yeah, it's it's refreshing. It's great to see an Englishman um, with a major in his hand. Obviously, we haven't seen that since um, Danny Willett. See, Justin Rose won the US Open in 2013. It's brilliant, and it's great for the game of golf. It was a great answer. The tournament was a great answer to the controversy in the circus that was live. Superbly put. Thanks very much. Appreciate all your support at this time. Hey, what I would, I do want to talk about. I do want to talk. John Rahm. And that, he didn't play badly to be. You know, he finished tied twelfth. But God, that man is angry. <laughs> he's, he's got some issues, hasn't he? I think he's. He's so hard on himself all of the time. And the cameras just keep on picking expletive after expletive. (laughs) And the apology, sorry for the language. Oh, shut up, for God's sake. He's allowed to swear. It's like, just because it's on live television. Crikey almighty. Yeah, it's just, yeah, he is um, something different, John Rahm. It's just emotion, emotion, emotion. The second round, he was four under. Uh, Bang in there. Absolute mm. banging with a chance. Third round, three under, you know, sitting in third behind Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick. Didn't land a blow in the final round, did he? Just getting well, I, more and I more wound the, up. Um, I thought the softer conditions, um, I'm not going to say it ruined it, but I just thought the likes of Ron would have been attacking those pins and and scoring much better than he did. You know, 74 against the likes of, you know, even Guido Miliozzi, 66. Um, you said who else? 65 from Hideki, which was a cracking round. You know, the greens and the course was there to be attacked on Sunday. And, and yeah. Ram really surprised me. I, I would have liked a little, yeah, from a sadistic point of view, I would have liked that wind to have been up on Sunday. I would have liked the not so receptive greens just to kind of make that a little bit tougher because it, it you really could have seen a lot bigger swings. I think the way Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris, Scheffler, they were all playing, you know, that they were going to always be there or thereabouts in those type of conditions. So, yeah, nobody could really land a blow in terms of the um, the condition swing, I think. Fair point. One, one player that had a right to be angry and did show, you know, did show JT. it did come out. JT and that call at the drainage, mm. uh, just unbelievable. Now, when I was watching that, I thought, oh, yeah, of course he's going to get a relief from this. But he was honest. Whereas, you know, we have seen there were some crazy drops on that tournament and we've seen it throughout the, the schedule. People getting drops when they should not be getting drops. Um, Rory, Rory got one on Sunday. I yeah, think. very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, no, he did. He did. And then there was, um, I can't remember who it was. Someone put the club, the ball lay up against the fringe of the grass just off the green. And they put the club down and really flattened the rough just behind the ball. And oh, I thought, yes. Yeah, I thought there might have been a ruling over that once they watched that yeah, back. But there wasn't. And, you know, and JT, obviously his ball was going to be affected by that. You know, he's looking, he's staring right at the drain. The ball's right on the edge of it. 
But fair play, he took his medicine and obviously the ball came out roughly and his swing wasn't great to be any to be fair anyway. But yeah, that was that was a surprise. I thought he was gonna get a, a, a call in on that. But he had a right to be angry. He showed his distaste for the for the ruling, but he moved on and didn't have a bad didn't have a bad tournament really, JT. He, he never really threatened the leaders, did he? No, no, he he was yeah, never really in with a chance really after after day two, I think. Right. Have we got anything else to talk about the US Open? No, just a final point from me. I don't know if you noticed, and you know, I like to pay attention to detail. But Joel Damon ditched his Bill and Ben flowerpot men hat for a cap this week. I thought it was different. I was I was waiting for that <laughs> cap. You know, you know <laughs> I had I had noticed to be honest with you. I, I tell you what, eagle I'm eyes. That, I'm big that boring. Bro. I am that boring. <laughs> oh, look at his hat. Oh, look at his hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just did, I didn't expect it. I thought, you know, he's wearing a cap. It's, this is not Joel Damon. He needs to be wearing another hat. But I, I kind of liked it. Right. Anyway, hats, let's move on. From hats to travellers, let's get into this week's <laughs> tournament. I think there's enough talk. Let's get into the travellers and the PGA Tour. We're at TPC River Highlands uh, in Connecticut. What can you tell us about the course? Yeah, okay. So this is, I think it's probably, I think it's been reported as being the fourth shortest um, course on tour at just a shade under 6,900 yards. It's a par 70. It's a course that is going to require accuracy off the tee, accuracy on approach. Um, There's there's quite a lot of trees on this course. Uh, It's a classic test. Um, really of golf and I think it's certainly one of those courses that you know we can look at we can look at the form over a period of years and rely upon it and know what type of players are probably going to play their best games this week so just at a very high high level there's some of the the facts um, in you know I say precision and accuracy definitely is a premium for me here this week Um, the greens I think you're going to see a lot of forced layups as well. Um, a lot of, you know, par fours, shorter par fours. I think there's one particularly famous par four, which I think is the 15th is drivable, just a shade under 300 yards with the water on the left and the big hill on the right, the Henley Hill, as I now call it, because I think it screwed him up last year. But um, yeah, we, we've got the greens are bent grass with Poanya blend. So we're, we're looking again, I think, you know, those good putters uh, on this Pete Dye design course. So there's just a few high level points about the course. Got anything else to add? No, the weather, um, as we always do, I like to have a look at the weather. Here's the weather not, man. Yeah, I'm the weather man. It's not showing too much this week. Uh, maximum winds out there on the Sunday, perhaps around about 12 miles per hour, uh, south southwester. But yeah, nothing too drastic. We will have a few showers um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Course might be playing a bit um, bit softer, but it's not a long course, like you said, so I don't think it'll trouble the players. And then come Friday, Saturday, have nicer weather. Yeah, so nothing to worry about weather-wise in Connecticut. So we get on to our stats, what we're looking at this week before yeah. we get to our picks. Go for okay, it. Okay, I'll go first. So my... Like you said, it is a shorter course. Um, scoring, I think last year's winning total was 13 under. Um, the last round played seemed to play really easy. A lot of seven unders, eight unders on the card. So for me, 
this i've got two uh, three picks right i've got three picks two of them are based on a bit of form and then greens in regulation from 150 to 175 yards 125 to 150 so your short wedge approaches and accuracy off the tee like you've said um but mainly form for for my lads apart from apart from the one random which i'm going to throw in when you have a hunch you just got to go for it but you do have stat- a random don't you it's probably about 300 to 1 as well i would imagine oh, probably but I'll, I'll i'll say why i'll say why he's a random and i'll say why i've got the hunch actually for both tournaments dp world tour as well i've got two solids and then one hunch in each of them so let's um, let's go what about your stats what are you looking at yeah, I, I haven't gone as molecular as you. You know, I've, I've gone sort of putting, strokes gained putting, strokes gained approach to the green, driving accuracy and par four performance 400 to 450 is really what I've zoned in on this week. I think there's also uh, a little bit of current season form and looking at those golfers that I think are playing decent enough to bring their best games here to a course that's going to need a little bit of strategy navigation so that's my position love it right okay right guys there are stats um not as in-depth as a US Open or a major or whatever it's it took a lot do you know what it took a lot out of me last week getting ready for that US Open and the whole tournament took a lot out of me I was like, wow, it's Tuesday again. Got to get into it. I like the Travellers. I like it as a tournament. Actually, a very good field this week. And Yeah, I'm not, big... I'm not a lover of Travellers. I think they're, you know, most of them are, you know, kind of a bit... no, You know, the company. <laughs> okay. Hey, the company you keep. I'm not fond of that neither. Right. Let's get into it then. I think it's a, it's a strong tournament, strong field. Likes of Rory teeing it up. He's going to take a few weeks off before the Open. He said that after the US Open. Will he be mentally fit for this week? We shall see. Let's get into it, bro, and go first for your first pick for the Travellers. Okay, I'm going deep with my first pick this week. I just don't think this guy will lose this tournament. I think he's coming into a rich vein of form. He was last week tied 14th he was one of my picks i know i'm going to get ridiculed for picking him again but let's just go over so tied 11th to tied 15th the last four years at this course whilst it's not inside the top five which is obviously what we'd be looking at or a win from a you know outright perspective it's good course form uh, as i say i do think he's running into some form was a tied third at the memorial and it's patrick cantley patrick cantley is 16 to 1 i think last week as i said earlier on he got killed on the par 4 performance really at the uh, the the tough course that it was and i think he can better that at a much shorter course that is going to be more target golf and it's right up a street it's paddy cantley Tell you what, I don't know. You might have to sign up for his fan club. I think you've back, you've back, you've been on him a few times this year, haven't you? Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he's playing so bad. Jesus he's got a sore back. Although I have Correct. lost the stone off, so it's fine. Well, he was always complaining about your three wood. Right, my first pick is Seamus Power. To be sure, to be sure. Nay, nay, I tell you, he played really well. At the U, that was Irish accent, by the way. Well, that was he Northern played... Irish more than it was Southern Irish. 
Tame his name. I know. It may... I can't differentiate between the two, okay? That's, well, don't just... do it then. <laughs> oh, okay, then. Go on, then. Right. Give us Father, the power. Father Ted. Um, right, Seamus Power. Tied 12th, US Open. Tied 19th here last year. Is superb, has been superb with his wedges this season and last season. Seamus Power has really come to the fore. I think he's playing some fantastic golf. For me, he's an absolute shoo-in for next year's Ryder Cup over in Italy. And, hey, I think last week's performance, 71, 70, 70, 70, a model of consistency on a very tough course. And I think he'll have a lot of chances, a lot, a lot of love, that Scylla Black. Not, she's not Irish. But she might have a bit of Irish in her. I don't know. But she's dead anyway. Right. Seamus Power for me. First pick. I think he's around about 45 to 1. I think you'd be right. He is around 45 to 1. And there's also a market without Rory McIlroy, uh, which is 33 to 1. So, yes. Yeah, we'll have a look at those markets afterwards um, and see what fit the bill. Right. Seamus Power, first pick. What's your second Excellent. Right. Second pick for me is a guy that should have won the PGA at Southern Hills. Didn't because he had a disastrous drive off the 18th. Uh, but again, coming off, you know, a, a graduate of the KFT, solid, solid player. Current season forms really strong. He's ranked number one par four, 450, uh, 400 to 450 on the stats. He's had six top 15s this year. As I say, he should have won at the PGA. And he's also tied 10th strokes gained approach. And it's Mito Pereira. Uh, I think it's a decent price at 50 to 1 for Pereira this week. And I think he, he can bounce back and have a good tournament. So 50 to 1 Pereira, 40 to 1 without Rory McElroy. Mito. He's got a lot of fans, Mito. A lot of fans. Only fans. No, no, he's not on the only fans, no. Um, right, my next pick, Sam Burns, everybody. Sam Burns played all right, tied 27th last week, um, tied 13th here at TPC River Highlands last year. I think he's, yeah, we know he's solid, we know he's got the game to win. He is mighty with his short wedges, and I think he'll be thereabouts this week. I think he had a you know, 67 on the Friday uh, country club, poor on the Sunday, 76, which really knocked him out of a top 10. But yeah, Sam Burns, I'm not sure what his price is, to be honest with you. He is 20 to 1 in the outright, 18 to 1 without Rory McElroy. Yeah, you know, he was one under going into the final round, only three off the lead. Um, yeah, just that, that 76 poor final round knocked him right out of his stride. Yeah, but no, solid, solid play this year from the Burns. No, love him. I think Sam Burns will be right up there come Sunday. That's my second pick. What's your third? How many picks okay. you got this week? I got four this week, so All I right. will go with Crack my third. Um, a guy that had a solid tournament last week uh, was one under for the championship. Solid, solid putter. I think he'll need that this week. Kind of let himself down with some of the putts in the final round. But it's Denny McCarthy. Um, he's ranked highly in strokes game putting. Um, 
year to date and also has good stats in this tournament previously. Tied fifth at the Memorial, which is a tough course. As I say, tied seventh one under last week at the US Open and seven top 15 finishes this year. So again, another KFT graduate who's, you know, starting to perform well in a lot of mainstream PGA tournaments. 66 to one, Denny McCarthy, 50 to one without McElroy. Denny, Denny. Yeah, good pick. Like it. So what price is he in the normal market? 66. 66. Clickety click. Lovely. Clickety click. Right. Here we go. Drum roll, please, for my third pick, my hunch pick, my crazy pick. Here we go. He's a guy that was hoping to get into the US Open last week. He was a guy that has been talked about regarding the Live Tour. Nick Faldo. Go- <laughs> yeah, he'd love it, Nick, if he was invited. Don't think Greg would invite him, though. He's a guy that spent a lot of time at country club signing autographs, practicing hard, says his game is in a decent position, was hoping to get into the US Open field with a withdrawal or two. Stevie Wonder. It's Ricky Fowler. Get away. Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. Ricky! No, do you know what? I just... And he missed the cut here last year. He obviously wasn't playing very well at all. I've just got this feeling. And at some point, Ricky will come back, right? And I just... On his Instagram and some of the social media and some of the reporting and what have you, and he's really in a good place at the moment. And I think, yeah. What's he saying? What's he saying? He just feels like his swing is in a good position and he was looking forward to teeing it up at the US Open. Obviously, he didn't get there. To me, that's if he's looking to tee it up at the US Open at a course like Country Club, you've got to be swinging it well. And he spent a lot of time on the driving range all the way through the week, the build-up to the, the US Open. And I think he can come to this this place. He hasn't got to be mighty long. He can he can worry about a bit of accuracy and he can get the ball in play. And we know the Ricky Fowler of old is red hot with his wedges. Now, if he can get his game somewhere near, you know, three or four years ago, let's say four years ago, and he seems to think mentally he's there as well, I think he could have a good shout at a Massive price. You're going to tell me what price Ricky Fowler is now. He's huge. He's 175 to one in the outright market, which is just absolutely crazy. But I understand why he's that big because he's just so obscure in the game of golf at the moment. Um, and he's 150 to one without Rory McElroy. Well, um, obscurity and big bro come hand in hand. And um, that's my third and final pick. It might be crazy, it might be out there, but hey. I'll stand by I, it. Yeah, I mean, it is a big price. I just think he's got a chance of making more money, you know, doing a Zac Efron lookalike competition than playing on the PGA Tour at the moment. But yeah, we'll see. Oh, you're down with your uh, movie stars, aren't you? Those rom-coms. High School right. Musical. Let's go. Fourth pick. Right, fourth pick for me. Final pick. It's the man with the hat change. It's Joel Damon. Tied 10th at the US Open last week um, for top 15 finishes this year. I think the change of hat really could have an impact. And he's a big price, 90 to 1 for me. I don't normally play this big. I am. I think he could have a good tournament. He's he's a bit of an accuracy player, Joel Damon. Shorter course. Could have a good week. 
No, I like him. I, I like his attitude as well. I think he's um, I think he's good for the game of golf. Um, so yeah, I can see why you've gone for him. I, he played very well last, like like you said, what him and Rory only players in the top ten um, throughout the throughout the whole tournament. So yeah, Joel Damon, right. Let's go for it. Let's recap on who we're going for in the Travellers. For me, it is Seamus Power, Sam Burns, and a crazy one, Ricky Fowler. And for you, it's... Paddy Cantlay, Mito Pereira, Denny McCarthy, Joel Damon. Right. That rounds up the preview for the Travellers. Let's head over to Germany for the BMW International Open from the golf club Munchen. I can ride. We can all ride. In Germany, tell us about the course. We know it well. Yeah, so this is in Munich, not Cologne. There's been a history of, obviously, rotation between Munich and Cologne for this tournament, but this is the second year running. They're playing at I can read. Um, I can ride, whatever you want to say. It's a par 72, roughly about 7,300 yards, a traditional setup uh, on a par 72. There it had the, the 2019 renovations where the greens were relayed. It's also got a couple of short par fours that are potentially drivable. It's relatively flat, tree-lined, water on 10 holes, and we've got four mid-range par fives, really, at this course. I think we're going to be expecting, I mean, last year's winner was 17 under, Victor Hovland. Probably going to be looking somewhere again around 15 under to 20 under, probably reaching the 20 under, I would suspect. Um, but again, you know, a course where you're probably not looking for any specific type of player or style. I think there's, you know, again, there's 14 players that are coming over from the US Open to play here. Last year it was 10. Uh, we've got Thomas Peters, who was probably the best placed, finished at the US Open last week, 27th place who's performing here in Germany. So, yeah, that's what I know about the course. Anything from yourself? No, just nothing to add on the course, really. The weather, it's going to be a bit damp early on. Um, receptive greens, but nothing to worry about, really. Wind-wise won't cause them a problem. Um, you're dead right. I think there will be low scoring. I think the players can get after this course. Um, we'll have many chances. So, stat-wise... Um, Approaching this tournament, I'm looking at guys that greens in regulation, very high, par four scoring. I'm looking at guys that have been playing well of late. I'm looking at guys that suit this course, bearing in mind it's you do have to shape it a bit. I think, you know, you can get after it. There are some lads that have been bombing here in the time and have sort of had success here at this course. I know you said it alternates. Uh, Cologne as well. So in my picks, I'm looking at guys, greens in regulation, um, a bit of accuracy off the tee, but also a bit of form. And, I, and I've got a hunch, like I said, I've got two players strong with the stats, one player, not so, but <laughs> the big hunch. Yeah. The, the only thing I'd add to that is putting on slowish greens. I think, you know, that the greens are typically slower here. Um, and also, yeah, I've looked at last three events in particular on the European tour um, and also looking at a bit of German form and certainly the form here because we had it in, I think, 17, 19, 21. And now obviously we've got it again at the same course. So we've got a little bit of form to go on this week. Um, just going back on the weather, I know, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to 
you know take over your weather slot or even train for it but the one thing i did look at the weather a little bit that i think there's a little bit of rain on friday evening which might affect the course setup for the saturday morning but also some rain on sunday morning which could have an impact on the afternoon players on sunday so maybe a little bit of um, wet weather creeping in to affect the play well i did say it was damp but you've got one um one extra and said wet but um you do like that <laughs> word <laughs> moist should we just say moist yeah just say that yeah right let's go it let's get into it then um how many picks you got um 17 this week okay absolutely no, i've got four Jeez. That reminds me of some of those lads off, off Twitter. They have about 17 <laughs> picks. Oh, I yeah, got, pick, the, pick the, whole I got the top five. <laughs> I got the top five. Right. Let's go for it. I reckon you can um, you can get a winner this this week. I've, I've got faith in you. Yeah, I reckon I could get yeah, a couple of winners this week, actually. Otherwise, I wouldn't be playing them. Um, right, here we go. First pick this week is... A guy that I think has had some really good form this week. One at the uh, this year rather. One at the Dutch Open, tied eighth the ISPS Handa Spain, and also tied three at the Porsche Euro, which I think is in Germany as well. Um, and it's Victor Perez, not Pat Perez. Victor Perez, thirty-three to one. Oh no, Pat Perez. If he if he was here, then we'd be getting um, many a a video from his um, wife. Yeah, well, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't get a video from her, from his wife, but she would go on a rant. Um, anyway, yeah, okay. Victor Perez, what price is he? Thirty trees. Why have you gone Irish? He's Italian. No, he's French, isn't he? He's French, yeah. French, Italian, Irish. 33, 28, without Billy Ho. Oh, okay, without Billy Ho. Yeah, you mm. like Billy Ho. It's nice to see him back over here. He's a... Strong supporter of DP World Tour, European Tour. Yes, he's made that very clear. He's going Right. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go Japanese. I think think I'm turning Japanese. It's Masahiro Karamura. Top 40 last year. um, But it was his tie fifth in the Porsche European Open um, on DP World Tour a few weeks ago, which really caught my eye. Um, Seventh in accuracy off the tee. 68% 68% greens in regulation. His putting needs to improve. But at this place last year, his putting was fantastic. So if we look at his season stats so far and what he's been doing in the game, I think if he continues to put like he did last year, I think he'll be up there. What price is Masahiro Karamura? Well, if the app was playing ball oh which has it's now just come up um i was just having a look at Kalmora. i would imagine he's quite a big he's 80 to one okay 80 nice to one that's a good yeah. price i like that 80 to one in the outright markets and good. again there's a couple of without markets which obviously you can go and have a look but uh, you, you're probably looking at shading somewhere between 10 and 15 points off the price 66 to 66 is yeah so 80 outright for Kawamura. Right, second pick, bro. Okay, second pick for me this week is an Italian. It's one of the Italian brothers that have been around for quite a while. Um, depending on if you know who's in who's in the field this week, you might have figured Mario. it out already. Yeah, Mario Molinari. It's Eduardo Molinari. He was tied three in 2019 here. As I say, likes a bit of German form. Tied second at the Porsche. 
European in 2021 and was also tied fifth at that same tournament this season. So clearly likes Germany and is ranking highly on the stats that I've been looking at this week. Strokes gained approach, GIR, T to green, and also has three top tens this year. 45 to one, Eduardo Molinari can throw in a good tournament every now and again. Okay, nice. I do like a bit of Eduardo. He's come into a bit of form of late, hasn't he? So, yeah. see how he gets on this week. Right, my second pick is a Spaniard, Pablo Larrazabal, live tour competitor. Now, when you know, he's a dual winner this year already, 60, shot 66 here in the first round last year. Putin this year has been the best of his career. And I think at a place like this, he'll get many chances. And if his putting continues in the same vein, I think he'll have a great week. I think the course will suit him. I think he can attack it. He loves to attack this feisty Spaniard. It's, it's like he's, whenever he's playing golf, it's like he's in a bull ring, but he's the bull. And the course is trying to tame him, tease him. But he, he gets that aggression and that passion and really gets his chorizo out. No, he doesn't get his chorizo out. <laughs> I thought we just all. slipped into nothing. <laughs> What is it? Shades of grey or whatever. It's like <laughs> I was listening yeah. so intently. I'd lost that yeah. we were talking about a golf podcast. He gets his treats out and shows his mighty cojones. But yeah, Pablo Larathabel for me, I don't know what price he is. He 35 to one. 35 to one for a dual winner this year. I watched him at the, um, at the Centurion and the live events and Actually, he gave me one of his balls, um, one of his golf balls, all marked up um, after he had a bogey on a par three. So I'm going to be caressing that um, ball of Larasabelle's, trying to bring him some luck and not discomfort. And hopefully he'll get us <laughs> over the line. <laughs> you always tend to slip back into that alter ego that you have. It's, yeah, crazy. Anyway, right. OK, are we finished with uh, Pablo? Finish with the innuendos. Yeah, go on, let's go. Let's stick on the Spanish theme. I'm going to go with Rafa. So good form here. Um, That's Rafa Cabrera Bayo. They tied third 2019 and tied 26 2017. A little bit of form was a tied second Abu Dhabi this year and ventured into the US recently. Played a few lower grade tournaments out in the US. But back on European soil, we know Rafa is a tough competitor. And I think he's a big price at 90 to 1, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, third pick. Well, you know, I like the Bayo. Um, he's, I've, I've picked him quite a few times. When he's on, he is on Scorchio. Um, yeah, he's, he's a good pick, mate. And I did look at him myself this week. And um, we'll see how he gets on. I would like to see him play well. Right. Are you ready for this? Come on. My hunch pick. Right? As Brittany said, hit me one more time. I'm going to hit you plenty of times. And this guy, <laughs> we know very well, right? And we know what he's been up to. And this is why I'm picking him, right? He shot a 66 in the final round here last year. He has been getting some sun on his back and some hard work in on the range back in his home in Florida. And it's Scott Hend. Now, I know you picked him the other day, um, the other tournament a few weeks ago, but I just feel 
that he has played well around this course. I think he's rested. He's coming over to, to Munich. He, he arrived on Sunday over in Munich. Plenty of time to prepare. And I think he'll have a good week. I think his game is starting to get somewhere back to where he would like it. He seems quite comfortable. He's still waiting on that call from Greg Norman. Um, but while that doesn't come, he'll be performing well. And I think he'll bomb it down that fairway, give himself enough chances. And if he gets the flat stick hot, I think Scott Hent at a massive price could play well. Yeah, it's huge. It's 35,000 to one, Hendy, if you listen. Sorry, I've got double vision. It's not. It's 350 to one, Hendy. Like it. Like it. How many places? 30 places. Yeah, I don't tell him that. Um, no, but it's, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, if, if, if we did tell him, he'd just laugh. Five what the hell are you doing picking me? Unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, so Scott Hend, are you, have you got a fourth one? I have got a fourth one. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. It's Zanotti again. We've talked about um, stat angles and, you know, he's had a, a host of top 30s in 2021 season. I think there was about eight of them. High in some of the stats I'm looking at. Tied eighth British Masters, 75 to 1. Fabrizio Zanotti. Okay, right. Like it. Nice, solid picks. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a funny one, though, because he hasn't really... What's led you to the Zanotti pick? Again, so in, in terms of some of the stat angles I was looking at, he was kind of high enough for me to think that, you know, he can kind of maybe bring some of that 2021 form back in. The tied eighth at the British Masters, I thought was a good finish. Um, yeah. You know, that it just shows that he's not gone totally off the boil. And I just think the price is tempting enough. I mean, just to be clear as well, I, I was definitely looking at Sully. I think I looked at Sully last year, right? He was 55 to one for this tournament. Andrew Sullivan last year. Do you know what price he is for this week? You know, 175. He's not that high. I think it's around about, he's 140. He's 140 to one this week, Andy Sullivan. And I was kind of teetering on the edge of bringing him into my squad. Um, again, Burmy, you know, it's 60 to one. He's, you know, he's had a couple of weeks rest. He's playing four weeks on the bounce. 60 to one is tempting for, again, it's not a bomber's course, is it? He, he is a long driver. So, yeah, I was looking at Sully, Burmy, and Wiesberger. I think, you know, Wiesberger just put me off that. I, I, Anybody that's playing in these live events, I'm kind of like a little bit put off at the moment because I think their mind's elf elsewhere. So, yeah, I wasn't too sure about that. I know where my mind would be right on the money. Hello. Yeah. I tell you what, you Ka-ching! would say, when you, can you guess what price that player was last year? And it always reminds me of um, when, when someone... So if you ever get this, right, if you ever get someone asking, if you're down the pub and someone goes... God, you'll never you never guess how much my holiday was last week, a week all inclusive, the two of us to, to Spain. Like you just come up come out with a ridiculously no low number, right? Because they want you to go high because they've <laughs> they've got a bargain, right? So then you you go, Oh yeah, what was it? hundred quid for a pair of you? Hundred quid? <laughs> no, on that low. It's like, and then that's it. The conversation's finished. So if anyone bores you about how what a bargain they've got on holiday, just go in mega low and it shuts them right up. Right. Well, we can tell you don't go to Spain on all-inclusive deals then. 100 quid? That's ridiculous. All right. It's Is mental. It? Yeah. All you can eat. Oh, oh, 
what in a field with a load of cows. Hey, all the chorizo you can fit in your mouth, big boy. Right, let's get on to next week's tournaments. That rounds up this week. Let's quickly go back. Kawamura for me, Scott Hend and Pablo Larrafabal. And for you, Eduardo Molinari, Fabrizio Zanotti, Victor Perez, not Pat Perez, Victor and Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Right, okay. And we've had a great response from last week's um, chat with Michael McEwen from Bunkered Podcast. People loved it. And we rose up the charts. Oh, let's yes. Hope, let's hope we can we can rose keep on like rising. Let's keep on rising like Kate Bush. We're running up that hill. It, yeah, it's yeah. she's back at the top of the charts. Interesting story, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I did tweet uh, Mr. McEwen, I think it was yesterday. I said, you know, last week you were a guest on our podcast. This week you're hosting Paige Spirinak. Wild, simply wild. <laughs> it is wild, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Bless her. She's um, very knowledgeable um, about the world of golf and a great character to have on. I think we'll get her once we, um, yeah, when we get her sorted. We'll, we'll keep on plugging and we'll try and get Paige Spiranak on the Bros and Birdies. Well, it's not the podcast. only one. I mean, you know, we are chasing a few others. We're in negotiation stage, but it's very difficult to work with a single Twix, isn't it? It doesn't really entice many people. No, no. A Kit Kat would be better. Right. Oh, yeah, that's four fingers. Okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right. That's rude, I think. I'm not even sure what that's all about. Is it, Are we just talking about chocolate or is it? Yeah, a, no, you can have a two-fingered Twix or a four-fingered Twix. I like uh, Snickers because it's got nuts in. Right. You should be called Deere. a marathon. It did, yeah. Right, okay, shut up. Go right. <laughs> Next week, we will be previewing the John Deere Classic, a TPC Deere run in Illinois. And on the DP World Tour circuit, we are heading over to Ireland, to be sure, to be sure. The Horizon Irish Open at Mount Juliet Estate. Excellent. Okay, so there, we'll see you there. Top of the morning to you. And we hope you enjoyed this week's Bros and Birdies golf podcast and if you want to stay on you can listen to me matt's fitzpatrick song i've gone scottish what the hell hey for me it's goodbye and for me it's goodbye too enjoy the song well done matt fitzpatrick us open champion I don't drink coffee, I like tea, my friend I'm a Yorkshireman, you see And you can hear it in my accent all the time I'm an Englishman in Brookline As you all saw just nine years before The course just seems to fit my eye those cack-handed chips, they were really sublime I'm an Englishman of Brookline Whoa, I'm a champion I'm a major champion I'm an Englishman in Brookline Whoa, I'm a champion US Open champion I'm the Englishman of Brookline
He's never won on the PGA Tour, they said Will it ever be his day? But Billy Foster said the boy has got the game I read the greens and he keeps the ball in play Whoa, I'm a champion I'm a major champion I'm the Englishman in Brookline Whoa, I'm a champion U.S. Open champion, I'm the Englishman of Brookline. The second at the 15th, from the rough and to the green, 18 feet 9 inches it would roll. Pin still deep inside the hole, two shots wing it took his toll. Sheffield still turning into gold. U.S. Open trophy waited patiently The first major in your hands Now number 10 in the whole wide world Don't be surprised, you're in Greg Norman's plans He's never won on the PGA Tour, they said Will it ever be his day? But Billy Foster said the boy has got the game I read the greens and he keeps the ball in play I read the greens, he keeps the ball in play I read the greens, he keeps the ball in play Whoa, I'm a champion I'm a major champion I'm the Englishman of Brookline Whoa, I'm a champion U.S. Open champion, I'm an Englishman of Brookline. Whoa, I'm a champion, I'm the major champion, I'm an Englishman in Brookline. Whoa, I'm a champion, U.S. Open champion, I'm the Englishman of Brookline.